Hi, I'm Cinna from Ohio. Hi, I'm Ollie from near Philadelphia. And this is Backlist and Chill. Yay! Yay, we're back. Another episode. We're back. And we're list and we're chill. And yep, yeah, we are. Heck yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, what do we do on this particular podcast, Ollie? Well, on this particular podcast, we uh, we backlist, which is we check out an author's backlist. Uh, Mm -hmm. These are authors who are ones we have read in our youth. Which was so long ago. In my youth. Uh, in, in your youth. <laughs> my youth so far. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? It's okay. I read I read the first author. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So we, we read and we see how they hold up to our modern scrutiny. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them poorly. Some of them are pretty okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, once we've read these books, you and I come together and we chill, which is we drank. We drink. We talk about yes. them. Because sometimes it's really fucking necessary. Agreed. And it continues to amuse me that mm-hmm. we have this podcast wherein we we consume, we imbibe. Because you and I are not drinkers. <laughs> I wasn't before I started this podcast. And I'm not now. Who knows now? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I keep finding myself being like, mm, yes, I could pick up a bottle of that delicious wine and come to me and I shall drink you when I feel like it and write weird fanfic. Let's go. <laughs> Yeah, I've got just a ridiculous liquor collection now. It's like one entire shelf on my little Seriously, you have been getting the most interesting booze and a lot of it just for that, like, one drink. Oh, yeah. No, there are a lot of three quarters full, half full bottles. <laughs> uh, last time I did a pepper vodka that I will oh. never touch again. And that we'll was find literally something. $20. Oh, no, so. wait. Didn't you pour it out? Oh, no, I wouldn't do that. It was $20. I'm not going to pour it out. There... I thought there I'm was one you poured it. it. I'll find something you can bake it in. Okay. I mean, it literally tastes like pepper. Like, it's so weird. That is so, so fucking strange. And you mean black pepper, right? Uh, no, it's like, um, what? like chili peppers kind of deal. That's weird. It's I will find something. Weird. All right. I will look up a good recipe. But yeah, you're going to need to have like a fucking backlist and chill party with all of the booze that you collect. Seriously. So yeah, that is backlist and chill. And thank you for joining us. Thank you for being mm-hmm. part of this experience. The, mm-hmm. what do we got? Five people now at this point? Two that we're fully aware of. <laughs> well, uh, you never know. There could be lurkers. So maybe there's six. Exciting. Uh, so what are we talking about today, Ollie? Aw, oh, man. Today we are on to book two of the Vampire Diaries. These books yeah. which have basically no name, correct? We don't care about the names. No names, no covers. <laughs> no covers, no names, just Vampire Diaries. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, actually it does have a title. It's called Vampire Diaries, The Struggle. The Struggle. Last time we discussed Vampire Diaries, book one, The Awakening, which like... I'm sorry, these are all out of order. Like, the last one should have been probably the struggle. I feel like this one should have been the fury, and the next one should be the awakening. I mean, like, you haven't even read the next one. You don't know. I don't know, but I do know that this one feels much more like a fury. Hmm. The titles are weird, and they, they don't matter. They, no, they yeah. don't. And that happens for her next trilogy, too. And it's like, I can never remember which is which. And the titles don't start meaning anything until, like, Night World. So. <laughs> and, like, the, the plot just blizz together, so... Oh, yeah, this is for sure one book cut into thirds. Yeah. And then, presumably, you've mentioned, like, and a fourth one tacked on. And then there was a fourth one, yeah. Anyway, 
Uh, so what are we drinking in honor of the Vampire Diaries, a trilogy, colon, mm, A trilogy two, in four parts. The struggle. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't originally, okay? And it's more than four parts now. I think we're at like nine, nine or ten or yeah. eleven. All right. So uh, for myself today, I am back on my ship with some Wild Vines Blackberry Merlot. This shit has basically no alcohol content. Oh no, you're gonna have to drink a lot. The funny thing is that, like, I call it... So this is cousin of baby wine, if I've not mentioned baby wine on the podcast before. Okay. Um, baby wine is a Wild Vines strawberry white Zinfandel. Equally has basically no alcohol in it. Mm-hmm. And that shit gets me... It, like, it just gets straight to me. Mm-hmm. Um... I can drink hard liquor and have maybe not as much of a response. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, obviously, your body responds, right? right. But this shit, I'll drink it because it's just, it's just like fucking juice. You're just like, nom, 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 <laughs> delicious. So yeah, I end up drinking a bunch of it, and the first fucking glass goes straight to me, and then I'm like, mm, I'm warm, mm, my name's get all fuzzy. <laughs> so, hence baby wine, because it's like, this will get a baby drunk, but it's me, I'm the baby. <laughs> so this is cousin of baby wine, as I have been calling it. But it's delicious, and I think we discussed last time I was drinking it then as well. Mm-hmm. This is definitely the kind of shit that Elena Gilbert and her friends are like, ah ha ha, we're gonna buy this big old bottle and we're just gonna drink it. <laughs> We're going to get drunk on wine tonight, guys. Mm, We're drinking wine. We're so fancy because we're fancy fucking people. My name is Elena Gilbert. We're sophisticated, upper middle class 90s teenagers. I'm popular. (laughs) It's so important to me. Oh my god. (laughs) I hate her. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, so that's what I'm drinking. What are you drinking? So... Vampire cocktails, super easy to find. We'll probably mm-hmm. have a different one just called a vampire cocktail for every installment <laughs> of this series. Excellent. You're going to drink fancy shit all the time. I'm going to drink this fucking cousin of baby wine. I mean, is it fancy though? Because listen, I'm drinking a vampire cocktail from cookingchannelTV.com. It is, are you ready? Mm. One scoop of vanilla ice cream. What? One ounce of triple sec. A half an ounce of white creme de cacao. Mm. And I was supposed to use grenadine, but I used grenadine last night and it was kind of gross. So I mm. used my strawberry drizzle that I used for my last drink. And then you blend it together and it's basically like an alcoholic shake. All right. It tastes like medicinal chocolate. <laughs> but it is unexpectedly like sweet. Like the last chocolate liqueur that i had for blend chocolate was like terrible but yeah. this is actually super sweet and i mean it's pretty good uh, yeah well, you had me at ice cream it's very good especially with the strawberry at the bottom yeah i'm i'm gonna assume that uh this is also a thing that elena gilbert and bonnie and meredith would drink maybe i don't know i feel like they would think alcoholic ice cream is too childish for their sophisticated ways oh that's fair you know what? It it would be it would be Bonnie being like, I found this, and Elena vetoing the fuck out of it. Probably, yes. Alright, the blurb. What does this book think it's about? <laughs> Let's find out, shall we? A love triangle of unspeakable horror. Damon. Determined to make Elena his queen of darkness, he'd kill his own brother to possess her. Stefan. 
desperate for the power to destroy Damon, he succumbs to his thirst for human blood. Spoilers. I know. Elena, irresistibly drawn to both brothers, her choice will decide their fate. The terrifying story of two vampire brothers and the beautiful girl torn between them. That's like this the series is the line. struggle. I know, like, this is... Alright, so let's talk about this fucking blurb. A love triangle of unspeakable horror. I mean, yeah, but not for the reasons it thinks. Right? It's only a love triangle because Damon wants Elena. Elena does not want Damon. Well... She doesn't. Well... She does not. It's not as much of a she does not want as Sarah was, we'll say that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. She is at least Faki's hot. (laughs) (laughs) But she doesn't want him. She wants Stefan. She might, she's the kind of person who's like, mm, he's a killer and he's hot and I don't want my friends to want him. And maybe under other circumstances were you not a killer, I would fuck you. <laughs> but she wants Stefan. This is true-ish. I feel like it's one of those situations where she sort of wants the person when she's with them. Well, yeah, but I don't know if that's vampire shit. That is true. That is absolutely true. Damon has no fucking problem using his vampire mind powers. He is basically the purple man. Yeah. The thing that tells me the most that this is not actually a love triangle of her trying to decide is that whenever he's not there, she doesn't think about him like that. Mm -hmm. She's always like, oh no, Damon, and I can't tell Stefan about the shameful shit that Damon's forcing me to do. Yeah. And then Damon is determined to make Elena his queen of darkness and he'll kill his own brother to possess her. Like, we get that he wants to possess her, mm-hmm. but uh, it's less Stefan that he's threatening in this particular book. Uh, Stefan is like a nuisance to him. <laughs> Just kind of in the way he's not like, brother, I will murder you. He's more like, Elena, I'm going to get you to choose me by using all of the bullshit that I possibly have. And then Stefan's whole tag is a goddamn spoiler. I mean, obviously spoilers, that came out of nowhere at the end. Like, it made sense. It wasn't like a, oh, I can't imagine this. It was just like, oh, shit. The point is that it doesn't happen until, like, the last five pages. Exactly. It's it's quite literally in the last chapter. And that is, as you know, one of my uh, biggest pet peeves of yeah. a, a blurb is when they tell me the plot twist. Um, Elena, irresistibly drawn to both brothers. I feel like that's true. Mm-hmm. Because she cannot resist Damon's powers. Correct, because they're mind powers. Yeah, she is a human and he is using vampire powers on her to make it such that she cannot resist. (laughs) Uh, And her choice will decide their fate. She does not make a choice. or She does make a choice. She chooses Stefan. Her choice does not decide anybody's fate. No, and she keeps doing the whole, like, I don't want to be Catherine thing, and they're, like, really building it up, like, her choice is going to change stuff, but it doesn't really, at least not this one. It doesn't. So, this whole blurb is, like, this is what the the publisher thought they were getting. Or at least what they wanted to sell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm gonna go with, not F minus minus on this blurb, but definitely a solid F. Yeah, I love, I do love the way that it's formatted. It's very dramatic. It's like, yeah. Damon, Damon Stefan, Elena. Elena. Well, that's why I, I say Stefan. I love it a lot. I'm glad that they kept that kind of format when they did the reprints. Yeah, and it allows me to know who the characters are that I need to give a shit about. This is true. It so otherwise, me it's a pretty names. big cast. Uh, yeah, and there's a lot of people floating around who aren't doing much. 
Yeah, I would so, not have known Damon was actually kind of important beyond being a killer last time. He was just kind of a burb. <laughs> burb. Um, so, speaking of burb, yeah. what about that cover? Well, so you have the bind up. I have, and we talked about mine, mm-hmm. and I'd just like to point out that there was a lot of mentions of Stefan having green eyes and mm-hmm. Damon having dark eyes. And this cover, which clearly has, like, brown gold eyes, so that's confusing. What do you got? So, I have one of the original versions. I don't know if it's the original original, because it doesn't Mm -hmm. look like my other ones exactly. Uh, Oh, it's the first edition of something. Yes. But it's it's very nice. It's the same format as the other one, with, like, the blue on the left, with the logo, and the title, and the volume, and the author name. And then, like, that nice little torn uh, paper texture, because it's a diary. And this time, the picture is a big old tree, and there's a moon in the upper right-hand corner, and an ominous bird. So, wait, the picture on the back here that I just read the the blurb from is also on the front? No. Uh, here. Let me... Yes, please show. Oh. Oh, yeah. It mimics it on the back. Yeah, it's a little less detail on the back, but, like... Yeah. So it's a big old tree with a moon and a bird, and then Elena's face is disconcertingly, like, laid over the tree, and it's not Photoshop, like, it's an illustration, yeah. so... But yeah, she's just on the tree to the point where like it cuts off her eye when the tree ends. And it's real weird looking. Like, this yeah. is definitely not my favorite. Yeah, it's like a weird crown of tree. And then in the lower uh, right hand corner, there's a graveyard and presumably Stefan standing at a grave because he's the mopey one. Oh my god. I hadn't noticed that. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so, I mean, it's pretty close to the last one. Um, they just change around the, like, facial positions and the crow and the graveyard, but... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, well, yeah, of course classic. it has to be Stefan because Jamin is the crow. Oh, uh, this is true. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's classic. Still love it. This is not yeah. my favorite of the three, but it's pretty good. Still style. I would like to see more. Yes, I miss this pulpy illustrated style, like, a lot. And honestly, if they did the the whole pulpy illustrated style on pulpy stories, that would be great. Because that's what this is. This is very Penny Dreadful. Yes. Um, one of the things that I love about the new Fear Street books that are coming out mm-hmm. is the great retro illustrated style that they've got. Mm, yeah. um, it's a very deliberate like throwback to the illustrated covers of the 90s. Yes. So I would fucking love it. If they did books like, like with covers this. like that for like reprints or newer books that are kind of throwback style, like whatever. Yes. Agreed. All right. So as we know, I'm terrible with recapping the plot. <laughs> uh, and this one had uh, what felt like so little plot. Honestly, I know stuff happened. Mm-hmm. And even though I, I read it over the past four nights... <laughs> I feel like the only thing that really sticks out to me is the end. So, shall we attempt to deal with this plot? Uh, so, yes, but first... But first. Uh, there was a little interlude short story. <gasps> oh! Yeah. Do tell. Bitch, I have one for every one of these fucking books. <laughs> so fucking, uh, pull up your underwear. <laughs> because this one was... <laughs> fucking terrible 
Oh man. This one is, if you look at the Goodreads listing, it's Vampire Diaries 1.5, okay. which is horrible uh, because it's very written in retrospect. Like it was definitely posted and edited and probably written after the new trilogy was coming out. Yeah. But this one is called After Hours and it is, finger quotes, the real first time that Bonnie met Damon. Um, Bonnie and Damon being, like, a hugely popular ship. Really? Yes. And that has... It has canon grounding in at least the fourth one. Maybe more. I haven't read the newer ones. But, yeah, it's a real big, like, there's Damon and Elena, and then Bonnie and Damon are, like, two real big ones. Yeah. And where is Matt Steffen on this list? I fucking... Listen, we'll get there. The only ship I give a fuck about in the Vampire Diaries universe. (laughs) The only real ship. (laughs) The only one that matters. Anyway, so it's great, because this was just basically, like, a Bayman drabble that LJ Smith posted on her fucking website. So it's called After Hours. It is the first time Damon arrives in town, and he just happens to arrive outside the library where Bonnie is studying to write her Mm. history report. Her history report, by the way, which is about an alternate history in which Catherine of Aragon sided with Spain instead of siding with King Henry VIII. That's not a research report. That's fanfic. I know, right? But also, like, this is Bonnie. Like, I like Bonnie all right, but Bonnie is a real dipshit. Yeah. So the idea she that li- she's, she's a little dumb. She's a little dumb. That's like her character trait. Like she's very emotional and very dumb. So yeah. the idea that Bonnie is fucking working up this elaborate AU fanfic <laughs> to turn into her teacher for her history grade is just wildly out of character at this point in the series. Yeah. So Damon arrives in town where he makes comments about there being like miss this and I almost called it Mystic Falls. It's fucking Fells Church. Um where Fells Church is like on ley lines and clearly like a center of magical power, which they never mention mm. in the original trilogy. Like she may get into that later, but Yeah. It's a lot of stuff that does not fit with this point in the series. Oh my god. Um, but like he lands and he realizes that there are two werewolves waiting outside the library and they're waiting there to eat Bonnie. Question Uh Do werewolves come up in the canon story or or no? Because I know werewolves come up in the in the T V show. They come up but not for a little bit. Not for this series. Mm, I debated about talking about this at all because it is a little spoiler. Yeah, but I've seen the series. Okay. Werewolves do show up within this first run of books. I will say that. That's that's what I needed to know because I'm like, Tyler... Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. So. (laughs) And his gang. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Anyway, so he sees these werewolves waiting outside and he's like, oh... I'm going to save this girl for some reason. Okay. So the werewolves break into the library where Bonnie has like, like stayed after hours illegally to work on her dumb history report. And it's basically just the werewolves break in. Damon saves Bonnie and I don't know if he murders the werewolves or just chases them out. He might murder them. I don't really remember. And then he 
saves Spotty, and then he helps her write her history report. Because, lol, lol, isn't it funny, Damon was in the places that she's interested in during that period of history, and it's so fucking stupid. Hi, I hate it. And then it ends with Bonnie... So through the whole thing, Bonnie is very, like, coquettish. What? Um, she's very, like, oh, this mysterious man has saved me from these beasts. Oh, shouldn't, w- wouldn't it be terrible if he took advantage of me kind of thing? Oh my god, Bonnie. It's fucking wild. That is the way she is about shit, too. It is, sort of. But she's also, like, a huge chicken wow. when it comes to, like, real shit. So this, mm-hmm. her reaction here is so weird. It's like the way you would react if this happened in a dream. <laughs> Fucking fever dream, nightmare bullshit. Seriously. So Damon almost does it, but then he stops because he asserts that Bonnie is too young and also her titties ain't big enough. What? what? <laughs> I'm not even kidding. What? I'm not kidding. I have a screen cap. All right. Please. Are you ready? Okay. The only problem was that she was two or three years too young. Emotionally, mentally. Both true. But isn't she the same age as Elena? Yeah, she is. But wait for it. Even, he realized, with her shirt dress, I think, pressed against him so firmly, physically so. Wow. He didn't dine on children. Wow. Bonnie, you are shaped like what... Damon perceives to be a young boy, and he's not here for that. Right? Well, so Bonnie's, like, upset. She's like, why aren't you gonna take advantage of me? Is it because I don't have... And then she makes, like, the boob thing with her hand. She's like, is it because I don't have boobs? It's so fucking stupid. Jesus Christ, L.J. Smith. It's super fanfic, and it's super poorly written fanfic. Like, everybody speaks Uh. really weird. And well, everybody the writing speaks is really, really weird bad. In these books anyway. I mean, like, even more so. No. Like, it is just a wildly terrible story. You can read it on her website. I super, super advise that you do because it's super weird and stupid and terrible. So, wow. F minus minus to that. Yeah, that's where we can throw the minuses. But then, of course, at the end, Damon erases her memory because this doesn't happen in the series and it can't happen this way. Total fanfic. Yeah. And also, at this point in the series, Damon is still a murderer. Yeah. He's a goddamn murderer and he's obsessed with Elena. And he's still the bad guy. Like He's the bad guy. He is the bad guy of the series. So him behaving in like a even like a slightly altruistic way is really this is definitely for somebody who's read like the whole series to go back and like read this little tidbit that's out of character yeah so like having seen probably ultimately two full seasons but it was probably like half a season a season and then half a season Mm -hmm. i know where the series goes with damon and it makes me mad. I don't want that in the book because it's just like you're spending books setting his him up as this terrible person. Mm-hmm. Do not. I don't. I don't care. And like knowing that L. J. Smith ultimately tried to turn into her publisher, Elena, ending up with Damon. Mm-hmm. It's just like why this is. Why are we giving a pass to and redeeming our antagonist like this? This is such a like we ran into this with our previous season mm-hmm. of Backlist and Chill where it's like the fucking YA world at this time had a goddamn hard on for 
making little whoobies out of your villains. Mm-hmm. And villains who do morally, like, suspect things and then kind of come out of it is, like, that's a tradition. But, like, the yeah. things that these guys do in these books are, like, way beyond what they should yeah. be doing in terms well, of, like, redeemable acts. And especially when it's, like, hey, no, I literally just did this a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, mm-hmm. a year ago. Like, it's not like, oh, I've been working on redeeming myself for several hundred years. Well, and there are things that the books, as they progress, will kind of retcon Damon's responsibility out of. Ugh. But in this one in particular, he does things to Elena that are absolutely 100% non-consensual. Yeah. And he continues to try to do them. Yeah, and she's all like, oh, no, I did this thing. I didn't even struggle anymore. And it's just like, because he had his fucking powers on you. Right. Don't you be victim shaming yourself, sweetheart. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, that's stuff that Damon continues to do even after he's like supposedly like reforming himself. So yeah, it's just this real problem of like things that the author does not find cross the line yeah. but that definitely definitely cross the line here especially when yeah. you're treating vampire biting and stuff as we have been for the past few books like as a fucking sexual allegory yeah. so yep and this book does nothing to make it not <laughs> no <laughs> just it leans into in it 100 percent. it does it, which makes the moments that i know i sent to you being like mm-hmm. what yeah all the worse because it's like maybe it's maybe the author doesn't mean it that way and it's just our reading of it nope no nope. no like nope. like stefan definitely treats his fucking teeth like hard-ons so yeah yep. yeah so you can't pretend that this isn't what the metaphor is and you can't dial that back when suddenly it's non-consensual biting because yeah. it's still a sex metaphor. You're still doing like, a rape. But you like, led me to believe yeah, that so. the, the biting and the feeding was a sex thing. Uh-huh. So, so when that guy non-consensually bites his brother and then his brother's girlfriend repeatedly, right? When this you is coerce a your brother's girlfriend into letting her bite you so that you don't go feed on her little sister. Oh, yeah. No, demons... Damon is the fucking worst. Damon is, is terrible. The worst. And it was yeah. really sad um, rereading these like a year or two ago where it's just like, oh yeah, Damon's just a standard bad boy. He like, you know, puts up a front, but he never actually does anything bad. It's like, oh no, yes he does. And then you read it. <laughs> he does a lot of real bad shit. Yeah, he really does. Yep. I feel like she's still definitely in this place where she's fine-tuning like her bad guy thing because i think she pulls this off a lot better with julian where julian does a lot of questionable shit um audience hello julian is from uh forbidden game we love it Mm -hmm. yeah there were definitely moments where i was like "Mm, julian is much better (laughs) this this game that you're doing like Mm -hmm. even damon damon calls it a game or elena calls it a game or something like that or there's mentions of like his shadow world and i'm like Mm -hmm. i wish i was reading forbidden games i know i know right like you can definitely see like the strokes of julian and later books Mm -hmm. kind of being put in place here yeah. He's like a combination of both the brothers. Yes. Because he actually isn't super, super awful. He's just a goddamn child. Right, and like Julian does like shitty things to Ale- or uh, Jenny. Jenny. Yeah. But he never does like this, this kind of stuff. He 
basically can't we discuss i remember now we're getting over there but like i do remember we discussed because i uh, i was like oh he's on that fable shit where he can't do shit without her permission correct he he will coerce her he does coerce the way that her. damon coerces uh elena but he doesn't coerce her into anything as bad as damon like no. julian's still a bad guy he still does fucked up shit mm-hmm Julian does a lot of like fey trickery stuff, yes. where which is still not good. But Damon no. just straight up imposes his will, yes, which is well, really uncomfortable. With Julian, I feel like the whole fey trickery thing—he is not a human. He has never been a human, right? I can give him a pass as a character on why are you doing this? This is fucked up. Don't you understand? Because he literally doesn't. Damon should fucking know better. Well, I mean, Damon has been a hunter-predator for, like, hundreds of years at this point, so he yeah, clearly doesn't know. give a fuck. He doesn't give a fuck, and I think that's that's where it's like, you made these choices to stop being in touch with your humanity, and Stefan did not. Like, we can see that he could have made a choice. Right, no, Stefan directly addresses that. He's like, I chose... Like, to treat people in a certain way. Like people. So that I didn't lose myself. And yeah. Damon is just like, nah, I'm gonna eat everybody unless <laughs> I get a Lol, boner for them. crack open another one. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of feelings about the monologue that Damon gives Elena about yeah. why she's worthy of him. Oh but my god. we'll get there. Yeah. Alright, I'm sorry. We keep bouncing around. It's, I mean, that's this book, right? Um, so, the vague plot as it is starts off literally right where the first one ended with elena confronting damon in the woods because stefan has disappeared and she wants to know where he is damon shows up and he's like mm, i don't know what you're talking about uh, mm. i have done nothing to my brother and mm-hmm. elena obviously is like uh i don't believe that for 25 seconds uh tell me <laughs> where he is and I do really love the sort of dynamic that they set up. Like, if you divorce Damon from all of the horrible shit that he does, I do kind of enjoy the dynamic that he and Elena have where Elena is like, listen here, motherfucker, if you don't <laughs> tell me where my boyfriend is, I will find a way to murder you in your sleep. And Damon <laughs> is just like, yeah, no, I buy that. You will definitely do that. I believe that. I guess the seriousness with which the book takes elena's threats and her, her yeah like, i enjoy that personally uh definitely that damon like he does go through a kind of like what are you going to do about that like mm-hmm. literally what are you going to do but also i do believe you will find a way like i do believe exactly you, small child yes no like they they have this moment where he's like ha 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 what are you gonna do about it fucking blondie and she just <laughs> like you can see like the fucking dark aura that she's amassing as she's threatening his life and right. it reminded me of that like part in a the silver kiss was it was like well guess i gotta kill him now oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, still my favorite moment of anything we have read so it far. really is it's good <laughs> and i like the shades of that that elena gets in this book where she's just yep. like well guess i gotta kill this damon motherfucker. well guess damon's gotta go down because <laughs> she looks at him as a vampire she looks at him as an antagonist a terrible person yes. where like stefan she's like nah nah sweetie you're a vampire second it's fine <laughs> yeah you're my sweet weepy boyfriend um <laughs> Don't worry about it. So Elena's like, oh yeah, tell me where he is. Damon is like trying to keep it flirty. Mm -hmm. And Elena finally like flat out says, no, stop fucking with me. Where is Stefan? And then Damon being like 
fully rejected gets mad because he's a piece of shit and a woman rejected him and oh no so he gets mad he threatens her friends and her family and stuff and then he fucks off elena starts wandering around looking for stefan it's like a freak snowstorm or whatever so she eventually gets like she passes out from the cold she fucking jack torrance's that shit yeah she literally just walks around until she passes out end of scene She's found by Bonnie and Meredith because Bonnie is a fucking plot psychic and she goes So glad we she... have Bonnie. Yeah. She goes <laughs> where the plot tells her. She's hooked into the Elena Gilbert drama channel at all times. <laughs> she is. And I appreciate that the book kind of does stuff with it like as the series goes on. They don't do the same with Elena because Elena also has like plot psychicness sometimes, mm-hmm. but it's never really addressed. She just has, like, flashes of plot intuition and where the book is like, oh, yeah, Bonnie's definitely a psychic. With Elena, it's just like, eh, I don't know. You know, sometimes you just get a feeling about stuff. But uh, so Bonnie and Meredith find Elena. They bring her back home. And, of course, the moment that she is able to walk and talk again, she wants to go out and look for Stefan again. Like, immediately. Immediately. She's like, ah, I can move my muscles again, let's get back out there. Right. But given that she literally ran out of school to look for Stefan, like, her aunt and her aunt's fiancé and Bonnie and Meredith are all like, you watch that bitch, she's gonna try to escape again. (laughs) I love her. I love, oh wait, hold on. So, like, the uncle's like, I'll just stretch out on the couch right here. And after looking once from the couch to the hall, where the front door stood plainly in view, Elena sat stonily. They'd planned this between them, or at least they were all in on it now. They were making sure she didn't leave the house. I know. <laughs> like, the fucking fiancé uncle's like, I'll stay down here so she doesn't go out the front door. Girls are gonna stay over. <laughs> right? He's like, mm, sure hope nobody tries to go out that front door that I can see. Mm. Very clearly. So good. It is good. So Elena gets really mad because everybody's conspiring against her and nobody believes Where? that Stefan isn't a murderer. No one will let me endanger myself on purpose. Yeah, I love, I mean, I feel like the book treats it with the ridiculousness that it deserves. So yes. I'm not like mad at the book, but I do love how indignant Elena gets that people don't let her have her way. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like it's nice to see her not get her way. Yes. So Elena gets really mad and Meredith actually has like 40 seconds where she stands up to her and she calls her a little idiot. And I was like, clap, 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 clap. Sure wish she did this more often, Meredith. Come on, Meredith, have more personality. I Meredith, I don't think was in the TV series and I think I understand. Yeah, no, they cut her. So she calls Elena an idiot and she's like, you can tell us if anything is wrong. So Elena kind of tells them. Yeah. What's going on? Except she keeps the vampire stuff quiet. She's just like, hey, I know who the murderer is. It's not Stefan. You have to trust me. And because they are Elena's, like, plot device sidekicks, they're just like, okay, yeah, we trust you. Whatever. <laughs> we believe. We believe you. Don't tell us any more details. Uh, we're going to help you. So Elena makes Bonnie use her psychic powers to find Stefan. And I love how Bonnie was like, I don't want to stop making she did me do men- this. Was this the point where she mentioned that like the more you use it, the more it uses you? I think something like that. She was definitely reluctant to open herself up like that. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty good thing to mention. Yeah. And it, I mean, it comes back. So which is good. She does it anyway because of their stupid fucking blood oath that they swore <sighs> in the first book. And Elena is just like so, she's like sort of 
sullen about it. She's like, yeah, no, Bonnie, you did. <laughs> you did definitely you swear to Sorry. do this real dumb thing. Magical. We're definitely going to hold you to it. Yep. So poor Bonnie is bullied into using her powers. She gets a vision. They sneak out of the house. Fuck you, Elena, for making everyone use the shit that's useful for you. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Like, this is definitely a shitty thing to do to Bonnie. Yep. So they sneak out. They go to the place where they think it is. But oh, no, it turns out that that was the wrong place. But oh, no, it also turns out that Matt watched the house because he also knew Elena was going to try to sneak out. I love him. So he follows them, and together they kind of come up with the correct location. So they have to literally rescue Stefan from a well. I thought it was pretty good, them all working together. No, I definitely think, like, the best parts of this book and further books as the series goes on are the parts where they collaborate. Yeah, where they feel like a team working together and not just, like, here to support Elena's bullshit. Right, where it's not the Elena and Stefan show. Yeah. So they rescue Stefan, they take him back to his room at the boarding house. Um, Elena convinces the others to go get medical help and not take him to the hospital. And while they're gone, she makes Stefan feed from her. He tells her (sighs) that... Okay, I'm sorry. Do you have stuff? Do you have feelings about this? I do have feelings about this because of the ways in which this is, again, one of those moments where it's basically like, oh no, you need the healing power of sex. (laughs) That's it. That's all my thing. Because, like, every time they feed, it's just a metaphor for that. Mm -hmm. But in these moments where it's actually truthfully just about you need feeding it makes it weird it's true like there there are definitely parts where they have allegorical sex and that happens later in the book but then there are also parts where it's just like vampires feeding on human blood so like i need that for food yeah so it makes it such a weird mix it yeah it is it's like the practical reality of how vampires exist in folklore Versus, like, the thematic allegorical the Rice stuff version thereof. Yeah. And yeah, they definitely do butt up against each other sometimes. Yeah. So, she makes Stefan feed from her so that he looks marginally better and they don't force him to go to the hospital. He can't remember anything that happened to him after his fight with Damon. They're just like, well, Damon must have thrown you in the well. Some time passes in the form of Elena writing in her diary. She says that the police clear Stefan of the murder of Mr. Tanner, which is the thing that was threatening them at the end of the first book. And then they go back to school. And then they go back to school. I love that you messaged me being like, "Mm, I would have paid for like a live feed of you reading that bullshit. (laughs) Because like they get back to school and everyone's like, whisper, whisper. About Elena, because like, oh no, now she's not popular anymore Mm -hmm. because she's dating a potential murderer. Mm -hmm. You realize that most of the stakes for this book, right up until the very end, are just fucking popularity. popularity. Yeah. I mean, they're higher than that because ultimately they're trying to murder Stefan. Yeah, because Tyler's got it in his fucking craw. Right. But a big part of it is also like... Elena's not popular anymore. This has taken an emotional toll on her. Like, Stefan actually offers And that's to- true. Like, it does change for her, and that, that is stressful. And I feel bad for the kid in that way, but also, like, oh, you poor privileged fucking baby. Right? Like, this is very petty. 
Yeah, because it's like, I'm sorry that the world has changed on you and everything's not perfect. You've got your, for you, perfect boyfriend, and you've got your friends, and you've got your family, but wah, you don't have popularity. Like, okay, give and take on this. Right, and it's very, the seriousness with which um, Stefan treats it, where he's like, oh, people are shunning you. If I pretend to not be your boyfriend anymore, then maybe they'll treat you better. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, Stefan, pun. Like, you should know it's not that serious, right? Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so uh, people are suspicious of Stefan and Elena because Stefan might still be the killer and he's an outsider and blah, blah, blah. Uh, they make a point of showing that Caroline and Tyler are acting very suspicious. Yeah. So then the worst character ever is introduced. Ugh, fuck him. Maybe not the worst character, like, because Damon does an actual literal rape. But a literal allegorical <laughs> rape. Right. There's a difference between you're the worst and, like, you're the worst. I hate every minute of him. <laughs> I, know, I hate it so much, too. I just, uh... So, uh, their replacement defense against the dark arts teacher is introduced. <laughs> and his name is A. If only we were so lucky. <laughs> his name is A. Alaric Saltzman, which is a terrible name. I'm definitely not a vampire hunter. <laughs> I know, very conspicuous. Like, wait, wait, hold on. Are you gonna read his on. introduction? It's yes. so bad. Because it's so, it's so bad. bad. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. He's only got like two fucking chapters. It's the weirdest thing to introduce him. Oh yeah, he's barely in it, and like they don't even really make him a red herring either. So yeah. no, why he's just here? some weird fucking teacher. Yeah. So Saltzman has he's here and he's put his name on the board. Alaric K. Saltzman, he's got, like, a boyish smile, and he's only, like, a couple years older than everybody else. Gross. And, uh, immediately Bonnie's like, I wanna hop on that dick. (laughs) Bonnie wants everybody's dick. Right? Bonnie's just like, please, 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 I'm a horny fucking teenager, please. (laughs) It's like, it's fine, Bonnie, but you have bad taste. You really do. It's like, go hang out with Matt, he a good boy. But no, leave him alone, because he's with Stefan. (laughs) Alright. You stay away from my ship. You stay away from my OTP. (laughs) So, Saltzman goes, okay, to start off, why don't we put all these desks in a circle? Oh, I hate it! And Elena's like, what the fuck? And he's fucking smiling. Come on, let's do it. That way we can all see each other's faces when we talk. And everybody does the stuff and they put it in the circle. No, I know you all must be curious about me. No, they're not. (laughs) My name's on the board, Alaric K. Saltzman. No one cares about your middle fucking initial. But I want you to call me Alaric. No. No. I'll tell you a little more about me later. But first, I want to give you a chance to talk. Today is probably a difficult day for most of you. Someone you cared about is gone. What? And that must hurt. I want to give you a chance to open up and share those feelings with me and your classmates. You're not a fucking therapist. I want you to try to get in touch with the pain. Who the fuck are you? Then we can start to build our own relationship on trust. I'm not dating you. (laughs) Now, who would like to go first? And everybody stares and everyone's like, what the fuck? Well, let's see, what about you? And he points to some girl. Tell us your name and how you feel about what's happening. And the girl says her name and she says it seems weird and there's probably a maniac on the loose and it could be me next. Thank you, Sue. I'm sure a lot of your classmates share your concern. Now, do I understand that some of you were actually there when this tragedy occurred? Can we hear from the person who actually found the body? Is Bonnie here? Like, who the fuck are you? Mm -hmm. Fuck you. What the fuck? And then he's like, okay, time out. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to distress you so much, but I think you need to work through these feelings sometime in the future. It's clear this has been a pretty devastating experience. 
I know. I'd like to get our student-teacher relationship off to a good start, away from this whole atmosphere. How about if you all come along to my place this evening and we can talk informally? Maybe just get to know each other. Maybe talk about what happened. You can even bring a friend if you want. How about that? Warning. Warning. Huge red Danger. flags. Danger! Huge red High flags. voltage! What? <laughs> All of the red flags. He goes on to talk about this as, like, his first real teaching job, and then, like, it just, just like, gives people where he lives, and that I'll provide the refreshments. Like, what are you- are you getting these kids drunk? Yep. Like, what the shit? I hate him. And that's, like, the only real scene we get with him. Mm-hmm. He's in another scene, and I'm sorry, that was very long, but but you needed it. You needed to know. I feel like, uh, well, A, you, I think you may have skimmed over the part where he literally turned a chair around and sat on it backwards. Mm. You know, I'm real sorry. It's true. He did. When when the circle pulled up, he, when he pulled his chair around, he turned it around like a cool dude. <laughs> he did. Oh my god. And what is this? Sat in it backwards. And like, I have been known to sit in a chair backwards myself. Chairs, what are they? How do? But I'm not doing it to be a cool dude. I I love this so much because A, Alaric is the worst character. But also- He is the worst! There's so much going on here, right? Because these are such huge red flags. What the fuck? Why are you inviting these teenagers to your personal house where you will provide the refreshments? For an extracurricular activity, like... And then he says, too, I forgot to mention, he's, like, participation is half your grade. Oh, yeah, so he's making them go on thread of their grade. Like, and what like, the fuck? Participation is supposed to be in class, not out of class. Fuck you. Right. So, like, here's this dude who's given you his full name minus, like, the K for kills vampires, Saltzman, <laughs> instead of Mr. Saltzman. And then he's, like, insisting that you call him by his first name. And then he's sitting like a cool dude and making you move your chairs around and asking you to open up about your feelings around your previous teacher's death, murder, finding the body. And then he invites you all over to his house and is like, God, work through your feelings, kiddos. Sir, this is a history class. Right? And then the greatest part about fucking classes in young adult books is how every class is five minutes, right? I know, right? <laughs> Because he's immediately like, okay, well, that's all the time we got for today. Hey, could everybody who talked, you know, just, like, come chat with me before you leave? Like, no, fuck you. You just fucking triggered Bonnie. She remembered finding a fucking body, and you want her to continue to come chat with you for five minutes. I don't understand. Why couldn't it have just been like, hey, I'm your teacher? Like, you could have made this character not this sketchy and had people be like, hey, did you know that he, like, he's definitely, like, 23 and he's staying at this the so-and-sos while they're away. And, like, I hear he's gonna, like, he's invited a couple people over to party. It's kind of sketchy, but I would like to go booze. Would you like to go booze? Right, Let's he's go the booze. cool teacher. He's gonna get us booze, you guys. Right, to have it be the secret down low kind of thing. I do love that this happens at all, and he doesn't get immediately fired, which is right. what would actually happen in real life. Like, yes. Even, this is my first teaching job and my last. Yeah, right. Even for, like, this straight white dude, you can't invite teenagers over to your house on your first yeah. day of school. Like, no, I'm yeah. sorry, sir. You are dismissed. <laughs> you gotta go. 
I love that everybody still thinks this is weird. Like, nobody's like, oh, yeah, well, I mean, Bonnie kind of is. But, like, most of them are like, yeah, it's super weird that he's making us go to this party on Thread of Our Grade. Like, Alex Saltzman is just the most lonely man. (laughs) He's in this place and he just wants some friends. It's so creepy. And then I love the actual thing that's happening here where Alaric is... I don't know if he's a vampire hunter in this, but he's like a paranormal researcher. Yeah, like he's there because weird fucking shit's happening. Right. Clearly. He's here to find out what's going on. And so he does it in the most obvious clunky way possible because he's yep. an idiot who doesn't yep. know how to do things subtly. There was something else I read recently. I can't remember what it was, but it, it had that same kind of tone where you're like, you're really fucking bad at this. Like, you don't know how to do this thing. Are you brand new? Right, exactly. You could tell, like, this is his first fucking Mission. undercover assignment, and he yeah, doesn't know how like, to do it. Go here, talk to the kids, figure out what happened. We think it was a, a, a vampire because the autopsy says no blood, which that body would still have blood in it even if you're a fucking vampire oh i know they're like they drained it dry oh, i know no, it's like not a fucking cup man you can't just tip that shit back <laughs> down good to the last drop <laughs> but yeah so like fucking alaric is just like all right i'm gonna go here and i'm gonna insert myself like you look like you're only a couple years older than them why didn't you also just go as a goddamn teenager or a teacher's assistant yes if this were just 21 jump street but for yes <laughs> oh i would super be amused by but probably not read because i would be rolling my eyes constantly but i would super be amused by a 21 jump street about fucking vampire paranormal investigator (laughs) it's just like i have to do what but i just got out of high school i'm 20 i just i love how bad a lark is at this and like he you know his motives are obviously like paranormal based but, like, yeah. just this wonderful confluence of him just being this massive dork and also kind of still a predatory teacher. It's yeah. amazing. Right, because that's the thing is he seems like he's a fucking... He seems like he's a perf. Yeah, he seems like he's like, oh, what's up, little girls? I'm older. I'll get you booze. Come on over to my house. But then when you learn the truth, and the truth is just fucking weirder that you almost want to be like, no, it's better when you're a fucking pervert because I know what to do with you at that point. It's, <laughs> be- it's please leave me alone. This is just... What? Not to spoil anything, but he does continue to be a pervert, so it can be both. And it is both. Awesome. Super glad for that. It's great. LJ Smith is sometimes the worst. She's... She... Mm. Yep. 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 But no, yeah, so they're, you know, they have that scene with Alaric. It's real awkward. He's he's not, like, a regular teacher. He's, like, a cool teacher. (laughs) Oh, alright, also... I know we're talking about this a lot, but also the ways in which this hits like every fucking trope possible where it's like, is this the fucking progenitor of it? Or is this like, did she do it because she thought that's what it was? And and this was a thing that happened on TV. Like, did anyone ever think any of this was cool? I know that I, that's a real good question. I feel like because it's so dorky when you're reading it like this, I feel like Alaric is just kind of an idiot. Um, Yeah. But also like, it works to an extent, right? Because, like, a lot of the girls are like, oh, yeah, that Alaric, he's real cool and hot. So, mm. I don't know. Was it meant to be cool or was it meant to be, like, an idiot pretending to be cool? Who knows? Yeah, because, like, we're told that, oh, well, Bonnie thinks he's hot. But, like, we're also told that Bonnie wants to have fucking Damon murder her and she thinks that would be hot. So, it's Ugh. like, 
if the person who we go, honey, no, is like, mm, I also want that one. <laughs> are we supposed to, how, how am I supposed to feel about this? I mean, I know how we do feel about this. Mm-hmm. How did she want us to right. feel about this? How did L.J. Smith want us to feel about Alaric? Mm, I really I I want to sit down and ask her a lot of questions. I know, right? But anyway, so Alaric, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Caroline and Elena have like their one scene in the book that they actually have together. Because they don't actually talk to each other a lot. Elena's like, Caroline, I know you're doing something. And Caroline's just like, Haha, no, I'm not. What? So, you know, there's my ship fucking going nowhere. Mm. They go to Alaric's party. People are mean to Elena. And they pretend that she's not around. And oh no, she's a social outcast except for her group of friends who are also real popular. Yeah, I know, right? And while she's there, Damon shows up. And he pretends to be a college student. Which at least he's trying to do that. Right. I do enjoy the parts where Elena and Damon are together in public and Elena's mm. just constantly trying to trip Damon up. <laughs> where was it you went to school? Where'd you go to school? What's your major? Oh yeah, how long mm. you been studying there? Just say you're a vampire, just say it. Like like Elena, what do you what do you think is gonna happen? Do you think he's gonna accidentally be like, Oh yeah, and I'm an undead creature of the night? Right. So like so you know that I'm I'm working on a, a story, right? I got like a story going on on my own. It's got vampires in it. And like, all I can think about is the fact that like, vampires don't fuck up. I mean, mm-hmm. they do fuck up, obviously. They're, they're not human, but they're beings. Like, if they've got a fucking secret, they're not going to be fucking Alaric Saltzman <laughs> about it. Right. Yeah. No, they're not like bumbling idiots. Yeah, and people treat it like that, and so the shit comes out, and in these books in particular, and so, like, I'm very, I'm very grateful (laughs) that Damon does not trip up, (laughs) that he's not, like, whoops, you caught me, (laughs) where Elena's just like, what'd you have for dinner last night? Blood. Oh, shit, I fucked up! You said blood now, but I know you're a vampire. I said blood pudding, Elena. Yes, I would love that. Also, I joked and said blood, and I'm like, yes, because I'm a vampire. And everyone will be like, ha ha ha, he's a vampire. Right. I also enjoy that that doesn't happen, but I super, this is like the one place where Elena's hyper aggressiveness is just, does not fail to delight me. (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she's trying and she tries every time he's there. She does. Like, there's a scene later on where he has dinner at her house and she tries it there too. She's like, so what are you doing? How long have you been here? Why were you at that place? Blah, blah, blah. And Damon's just like, oh, I'm very charming and I'm going to give you normal answers to all the questions you're asking. And she, she like, throws a cat at him. Like, Elena, what are you trying to prove? <laughs> Who are you trying to prove this to? Like, everyone's just thinking you're being an asshole. I don't know, but I really like it. So Elena does that until Stefan realizes that Damon's there, and then they almost fight. Oh, shit. But Elena convinces Stefan to leave. Yeah, I do love that, like, they're there and he does finally. Like, because that's one of the few times we get to see the brothers interacting that's mm. not just them full-on vampire Fighting, mode. yeah. The next book is a lot of all three of them being forced to work together, and it's by far, like, the best chunk of this original trilogy because of that. Oh, good. 
so she gets a note dropped in her purse and she realizes that um, which can we pause for a moment on that yes i thought it was going to be alaric saltzman being like he a vampire be careful <laughs> nope no it's not that interesting because he had literally just talked to the to them and was like oh no you're gonna leave and then she's like yep gotta go not feeling that great and then she's like oh what's this note that i just found and had like two lines on it or something and i'm like <gasps> nope no nope, <laughs> I was excited. I thought he was going to warn her. You thought he was going to have any fucking part in this book. But I did. No. I was I was completely fooled. Um, no, instead it's an excerpt from Elena's diary that she recently lost. And yeah. it's basically just some petty bullshit. Somebody being like, hey, I have your diary. Mm-hmm. So on the way home, Stefan finally gives us a breakdown of the vampire rules in this world for the first time in a book and a half. It's like, oh, vampires have to be invited in. They can't cross running water. They Sunlight is bad, but not fatal for them as long as they have their talismans on them. The more pertinent part being that the more powerful you are, the more effect these drawbacks have on you. Yes. Which is very important. Yes. Uh, at school the next day, they find out uh, that there's another piece of Elena's diary on the bulletin board. Meredith and Bonnie do the most wildly TV high school shit ever, where they drag Elena to a bathroom and then they kick the other girls out. Oh my god, that scene. (laughs) It was fucking wild. They kick one girl out and tell the other girl, stand watch, don't let anyone in here, it'll be on your head, or something like that. Like, what world does this do? Does that actually work? Is this what popularity is Is to fucking teenagers? I want to know. I want to know if there, if this is ever, like, if somebody has A, ever done this, and B, did it work? Were you able to force a random girl who goes to your school to, to stand, like, stand watch and be late like, to class? I've seen, at my school in the late 90s, I've heard of girls in full-on fucking tearing each other, each other apart fist fights, and everyone runs away from the bathroom. <laughs> but never in my life has someone who wasn't part of the group kept anybody out of the bathroom. Right. Or kicked a girl out. Like, she's, like, probably, like, mid-pee. Like, I... Because... <laughs> I was using well, that. Like, also, like, how what are you gonna do? Are you gonna bang on the door until she's there? She's gonna be like, fuck you, I'm going to the bathroom. I'm <laughs> Give me a minute. Right? Like, that's when you go somewhere else. Like, I've, I've, I've gone into a bathroom to talk to someone, and then be like, no, there are people here, let's go somewhere else, let's find a stairway. And I've definitely tried to go into a bathroom where it was, like, there was a girl having trouble and, like, one of her friends was, like, at the door and one of her friends was trying to, like, help her through her sobbing. Mm -hmm. And the girl was like, oh, you know, it's just she's having some stuff, you know, could you wait or could you go somewhere else, etc. Like, that's happened. But never, ever, let's just kick you out (laughs) mid-pee and you, I am conscripting you into my army now. (laughs) I know. Fucking the powers that this book assumes that these three girls have based on popularity is just And who are they also hanging out with? They're just hanging out with Elena. I know, right? And and supposedly at this point they're all also social pariahs, so like why is this working at all? So basically they're just mean girls. They are I mean they are mean girls. Like they're the quintessential mean girls. They are not popular, they are jerks. Yeah, they're they're just jerks. Yep. So nothing really happens except that Elena finally tells them that Damon is the one who's the killer and like tells them to stay away from him. Which at some point Damon apparently kissed Bonnie and I guess I skimmed over that part because I didn't Uh, see it. He didn't do it on screen that I remember. She talked about it. 
I think it happened after. Okay. I also didn't see it on screen, so. Yeah, and I was like, wow, that seems like kind of a big deal. Did I miss that? Yeah, right? And she's like, the boy who kissed me? And I'm like, Elena, you should be freaking out a lot more. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Elena tells them Damon's a killer. You know, like, stay away from him. Okay, whatever. And then Bonnie's like, hot. Yeah, Bonnie. Fucking dipshit. Um, so at lunch, one of two weird Vicky things happens where they're like, oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, Vicky, the girl who was attacked in the last book is still around. And this is a plot thread that we're still tugging on just to kind of remind you that it's happening. The first time she does a strip tease in front of the school. And while (sighs) Elena. So petty. Yeah, well, Elena goes up and tries to, like, help her, and she freaks out and runs away. And then the second time, she comes up to Tyler and starts trying to undress him. Him, And Tyler, mm, literal attempted rapist, is like, oh, I don't like it when girls non-consensually touch me. What? (laughs) You're treating me like I treat you. What? Weird. And uh, then she starts, like, trying to, like, literally bite him, which is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, And it takes, like, six people to wrestle her off of him. Which is pretty impressive. It's just, like, one more plot thread that'll come back in the next book and maybe the next one. Yeah, there's so much going on. Right, and it doesn't pay off, and it's not going to pay off for, like, a book or two. It's very frustrating. Yeah, it just happens, and they're like, okay, that scene is over. So, after school, the girls get together to discuss, like, the mystery more, and we're just kind of passing time at this point. Um, This is the part where Bonnie has her fucking murder me dialogue. (laughs) Like, choke Mm -hmm. me, Damon. And then we get to the Stefan and Matt super awesome road trip. Yeah, my boys! I love them so fucking much. Yeah. They're just so good, and I'm real sad that I know that, like, Matt's gonna get done dirty. Like, Yeah, these books aren't nice to Matt. No, and it's real mean, because, like, he's just a good boy. He's just a boy! You know, like, I think that's why I love him. He's just a teenager. And he's, like, a good guy. And not, like, in a nice guy way. Like, he's... Yeah, but there's a good guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. He He's, like, the least terrible person of this group. He's not trying to hurt anybody. He's just living his life, doing his thing. So, Matt asks Stefan if he can borrow his fucking shit-ass car. This is my favorite scene. To go down south to get Vervain for Elena so that she <laughs> can Wait, wait, be... wait. Because I want to, I want to, I want to read it if you can get to it. Go back and forth. You want to be Matt or you want to be Stefan? Uh, I don't know. Who do you want to be? I'll be Matt. Okay. I like Matt. I'll be Stefan. Let me get this straight. You want to borrow my car? Yes. And the reason you want to borrow it is flowers. You want to get some flowers for Elena? Yes. And these particular flowers, they're flowers you've just got to get. Don't grow around here. They might, but their blooming season is over this far north, and the frost would have finished them off anyway. Mm. So you want to go down south? How far south, you don't know, to find some of these flowers that you've just got to get to give to Elena. Or at least some of the plants. I'd rather have the actual flowers, though. And since the police still have your car, you want to borrow mine for however long it takes you to go down south, find these flowers that you've just got to give to Elena. I figure driving is the least conspicuous way to leave town. I don't want the police to follow me. Uh Uh-huh. And that's why you want my car. Yes. Are you going to give it to me? Am I going to give my car to the guy who stole my girlfriend and now wants to take a jaunt down south to get her some kind of special flowers she's just got to have? Are you crazy? No, I'm not crazy. Neither am I. 
And I'd have to be crazy to turn my car over to you. Hell no. I'm going with you. <laughs> After all, you might scratch the paint or something. <laughs> it's a real good scene. Like, the banter actually works. I just love them. Yeah. It's just Matt being incredulous and Stefan being like, yes, it's very important. I need to do this thing. And I can't explain exactly why. Stefan being very earnest and, like, yeah. not crafty at all. And Matt just being like, I am aghast. right i'm aghast at the balls that you have to ask me but i'm going to do it anyway because you are my friend right and because i'm like a good guy i'm a good guy you don't get to scratch my paint i'm going with you because in this dialogue he's pointing out that like the police still have your car which means like the police are still being weird about stuff and and matt is saying i'm gonna go with you we're gonna leave the fucking state together to go do this thing to make your girlfriend happy with you because you're my friend and i love you right and it's like this girl that used to be my girlfriend up to like a couple of weeks ago that you yeah. stole from me like it's it's like this great kind of like laying bare all the complications of their relationship and them still being friends anyway yeah that he's not like get the fuck out of here i hate you like oh i just love them i do too so matt and stefan are like i mean we both agree they're like the best part of this book right like their relationship and the scenes that they have together feel like the most sincere part of the book Mm -hmm. and it's weird because the relationship that they have where like matt does what Stefan wants him to do. But not in a way that Bonnie and Meredith do what Elena asks. Well, that was what my thing was, because, like, they both kind of acquiesce to the needs of the plot and the needs of, like, the central character. But with yeah. Matt and Stefan, it doesn't feel as, as like, he's One-sided. as much of a doormat as the other two. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because they actually hang out beyond plot scenes doing stuff. They They do a sport together. They hang out. They go on this road trip, and, like, you know that the road trip isn't just them sitting there letting Stefan brood. Like, the two of them probably have a good time. Mm -hmm. It's tinged with the seriousness of, you know, Stefan's quest. Mm -hmm. But, like, Matt's gotta have put on, like, I need to see, like, fucking fan art of Matt putting on the radio and the two of them singing along. (laughs) You know, like, Matt stopping for, like, fast food and, of course, Stefan, you know, eating as well Mm because it would look weird if he didn't. Like, they spend, what, a whole day together? It's, yeah, at least a day. Yeah, because they don't get back until later and Elena's freaked out at that point. Mm -hmm. Being like, where is he? So, like, he just fucks off, doesn't tell Elena. (laughs) And hangs out with his his BFF. (laughs) With his bro. So... (laughs) We talked about it a little bit before, but, like, there's definitely, like, a reading of this book that you can make, and it's not canon, obviously, but, like, this feeling that the relationship that Stefan has with Matt is, like, one that we actually see grow, right? Because, like, they get together initially because of football, and Matt is, like, nice to him because he sees that Stefan is awkward, and also because Lena makes him. But also, like, they have a friendship, and it develops. Mm Mm-hmm. And everything that Stefan does with Elena is very like, I can't help myself. I can't resist her. She looks like Catherine. Yeah. I have these passionate feelings. I She makes my fangs hard. Like, <sighs> But Matt, it's just soft and gentle and good. Right? It's like this almost involunt- involuntary compulsion with Elena. Where as You mentioned it before as compulsory heterosexuality. Exactly. Like, you could definitely read this as, like, Matt is this, like, true relationship that they have, that they've kind of built through this book, that he's, yeah. like, really comfortable with Matt and he likes being with him. But he's, like, forced by, like, society and his 
compulsory sexual urges to be with Elena and that's like the canon couple there's even lines where he talks about like Matt being the only other person beyond Elena in forever that he's felt comfortable with and like you see them build that like way more than you see it built with Elena because with Elena it just sort of happens yeah it starts out with (gasps) Catherine right and it's it's because these books are very pulpy and it's supposed to be like high intensity emotional passion and this is what girls like to read blah 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 yeah which like there's nothing wrong with that no and like you can see where it's meant to be written in like a very romantic passionate way but like it also feels like they don't get the kind of relationship buildup that you would like and Matt and Stefan do Yes. And I want that book. I want the book where it's like, there's, I mean, we've also discussed the ways in which having it be two gals is a thing, but also with guys with the toxic masculinity that they've got to deal with. Um, You know, having a dude be like, oh man, I am preternaturally drawn to this girl and people approve of this. And I don't have any doubts or questions about my relationship with this dude, Mm -hmm. except for the ways in which it's healthier for me to have this friendship even if it was not a a sexual relationship i feel like there is a romantic relationship Mm -hmm. potential between the two of them super fucking strongly yeah no i super agree and it's the healthiest relationship that matt has Mm -hmm. um because matt's relationship with elena is just him being a doormat right because she's so pretty right and you see later on too when we get to when elena asks for the car the difference there Mm mm-hmm I would love that kind of like thing that we were talking about where it's just like the vampirism as compulsory heterosexuality and like assumed heterosexuality and then mm-hmm. just like fighting against that and to like the thing that you actually want that makes you like the most emotionally comfortable and not the thing that's like that's gonna like burn you up from the inside out you know what I mean yeah 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 yeah. there's definitely a a, the burning you up from the inside out that danger of it and not in a sexy way right it's a destructive way yeah right and I mean it could be that too where like one one relationship is just like wild and destructive and the other relationship is like comforting and nurturing and like uh, yeah, yeah, actually that specific word, the uh, the thing that will help men and, and ultimately everyone is to get away from the toxic masculinity and get on into to nurturing masculinity. Mm-hmm. Like nurturance culture is a thing that really should be there more. I don't know. It's just like every time I find something in these old books where dudes are being soft with other dudes mm-hmm. and friends and like whether it's brotherly or something that like goes beyond because there's sometimes in books like that where it's like, I don't know, man, he's just so important to me. Mm-hmm. I'm just so fucking soft for it because I'm like, please, <laughs> more of this. Well, it's surprising to see a lot, you know? Yeah. Because even, I mean... Most of the books that I read are girl centric, so there's not a lot of like dudes being friends in it or more. Yeah. But it's or if just... they are, they're like Tyler's group. Right. So it's just kind of surprising to see like two dudes being like genuine friends and not know like, oh, you're such a douche bro, but we're still bros, ha ha ha, you know? Yeah, they're friends. They hang out, they care about each other. Yeah. Which is why I'm just gonna throw the book across the <laughs> fucking room when they're terrible to him. Mm, we'll talk about it. Um <laughs> Yep. So they they do that. They do their road trip together. Meanwhile, Meredith goes to Bonnie's house to stay the night because she's afraid that Bonnie will be hurt. Instead, Damon mind controls his way into Elena's dreams and bites her non-consensually. Mm-hmm. He literally steals into her, her room 
he yeah he mind controls her into opening the window and then bites her and she thinks it's a dream so she doesn't fight then she realizes oh shit this is actually happening and immediately starts to fight so damon did a rape number one because it'll happen again yep he will do the coerced consent rape so and here's the thing i feel like with this dream LJ Smith is trying to put some relationship between Elena and Damon in because Elena's like, oh, I thought it was going to be Stefan, but it's Damon. And isn't it just so exciting? He's dangerous and I feel powerful when I'm with him. And I feel like she's trying to make that a thing, like a component of their relationship. But also this is a dream and you can't control your dreams and you have all sorts of feelings in your dreams that may or may not reflect your actual feelings. Yeah. And the minute that it becomes clear that it's not a dream, Elena's She's like, like, get the fuck away. Fuck this. Right? Yeah. And and that, again, going back to what I said, that is where it feels like, no, she never wants him. She never chooses him. Right. And it's very clear that it's mind control. He's manipulating her and putting feelings there that may or may not actually exist. Yep. Nope. It's fucking creepy. And I hate that Elena ends up, like, punishing herself over this stuff. Which she does. Like, it becomes a big thing that Elena has these interactions with Damon. And Elena is like, oh, I can't tell Stefan. He'll get really... She does it initially because she's like, oh, he's going to get upset and go fight Damon. And Damon will murder him because he's more (laughs) powerful. And then the second time it was like, oh, I didn't actually fight. Like, I let him bite me and I took his blood. And it's like, well, um, he did threaten to murder your little sister. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. extenuating circumstances. Yep. So Stefan and Matt come back. Stefan gives Elena the vervain, which is ostensibly going to protect her from any more mind control. They go to school again. There's another excerpt of Elena's diary. Uh, they talk about it and they finally realize who the perpetrator is, which is kind of obvious. Is obviously going to be Caroline, right? Right. So Elena eavesdrops on a conversation that Caroline is having with Tyler and finds out their big plan, which is going to be like the big plot thing for this book which is that caroline is going to read elena's diary in front of the whole town oh no the idea being that elena's diary has very incriminating super circumstantial evidence that stefan was at the site of one of the murders on the day that it happened on the day that it happened at the time that it happened which will not be obviously be enough to convict him in court because that's fucking ridiculous. I know, right? Circumstantial fucking evidence. Will be enough to whip the town into like a frenzy and they'll just go do a murder. And that is the plan. Yep, that's the plan. The plan is to get Stefan murdered and humiliate Elena by reading her diary to everybody out loud. (sighs) (laughs) And those are the stakes that we're dealing with for a big chunk of this book. Yep. All of this is just, it's just fucking filler, right? Because, so they break into Caroline's house to search for her diary. They don't find anything, but Elena gets trapped um, and she's rescued by Damon and they have like their first actual conversation. And Elena is like talking about her mental allegorical rape, right? And she's like, oh, we were playing a game. I was stupid that night and I lost. And it's like, uh... Right? It is not. That is... mm. Uh, It's not a game. He bit you without your consent. Biting in this Uh, book is clearly sex. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what the fuck? Mm -hmm. A demon casually tries to mind control her again. I love that, though. 
because he was like, bum, bum, bum. <laughs> and like, oh, this isn't working. And then he just sort of shrugs and he's like, eh, well, well played. But that's actually my problem with Damon, right? Because Damon's like, oh, what a clever move. You got Vervain, so now I can't mind control you. And that makes me respect you more. And like, we're supposed to find this flattering because Damon is singling Elena out as like worthy of his attention and being clever and like strong-willed and oh, you're so much better than Catherine, blah, blah, blah. But Which is just shaming Catherine and you know how much I love her. He's doing the Jaguar thing again, where he's like, this particular girl is worthy of not being victimized, even though I have also victimized her already, BT dubs. Even though I will continue in constant. And I'm going to continue to try to do it. Yes, that's true. But where it's like, he only respects, respects and finger quotes, women who meet his arbitrary standards of respectability, which is also, you know, his kink, right? Like, oh, (laughs) he's like, you're hot now because I respect you. I don't respect women, so they're not hot. Right? Like, you make my dick hard, so that means you're a strong female character. (laughs) You are worthy. You're worthy of my attention. I could fap it to you. Meanwhile, he will readily and happily admit to, like, victimizing everybody else right where he's like oh i've had bunches of women on my arm and i treated Mm. them like trash but you're worthy of not being treated like trash and it's like this isn't flattering damon this is you (laughs) being a massive dickhole i really feel very strongly that romanticizing damon's fixation on elena and acting like that's something that's going to change him as a person is really gross and it's kind of playing into like this patriarchal idea of like oh you're better than all those other sluts kind of thing yeah and i really hate that this book goes so hard on that like that elena is challenging Damon and that that makes it okay that Damon victimizes other girls because he doesn't victimize Elena. He's doing it with Valerie and it's just like... Vicky? It's Vicky, sorry, yeah. It's fucking gross. No, yeah, I mean, he treats everybody else like trash. So it's really gross and I hate that this is kind of the basis on which Damon and Elena's relationship is formed Mm -hmm. and that that is like a viable romantic bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's also a shame because otherwise I really enjoy the way that Damon and Elena interact and I'm really bummed that Damon is such like a fucking butt rag because otherwise I would really enjoy their scenes. He he could be fun if he was not also doing other shit. It's like take him in a bubble mm-hmm. and it's like, well, you're still kind of the worst, but you are also at least a, you're an antagonist that I can be like, oh, look, he's back here as opposed to, ugh kill him with fire yeah and it's this part where like damon tries to he tries to do the julian thing where he's like "Mm, i'll get your diary for you if you (laughs) do a sexy thing for me (laughs) he's like spend one hour with me and i'm like julian just wanted a kiss right (laughs) julian's rates were much better Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's like i'm gonna go with the ice prince never mind you And Elena is like, no, but she also has this moment where she's like, oh, I have a wildfire attraction to Damon. It's so forced. Like, ugh. Well, like, this is post mind control. And and that's where it starts to kind of break down a little bit for me with the book, where it feels like I can see the author and I'm pulled out of the, like, because I'm willing to suspend my disbelief and be like, yeah, this is just this world. But in those moments where it's like, no, Elena, no, I don't believe you. There's been zero build up on this. Mm-hmm. I, 
no. It's that shit that I'm just like, I hate this. I hate every minute of you, Elena. You can see what she's trying to do, and again, it's another thing that Forbidden Game does a lot better, right? Where, like, Damon is supposed to bring out the strong, like, argumentative, dark ice queen-like part of her that where Stefan- That Damon likes your darkness, and Stefan likes your sunlight. Right, where, like, she's very nurturing and, like, comforting with Stefan, and it's supposed to be like, oh, which part of me do I want to be more, you know? Yep. And she doesn't have to be. (laughs) She doesn't have to pick, eh? As Catherine knew. (laughs) Right? Get with the program, Elena. Come on. It's 1991. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, Damon does fucking abominable things to both Elena and other people. So like, how could we possibly root for this? Yeah, exactly. It's like, I do not ship you at all. No, fuck (laughs) fuck all of this. Uh, Take it out, throw it in the trash. (laughs) Uh, So the Vicky thing happens where she tries to undress Tyler... Stefan asserts that Damon is still tormenting Vicky, which should really bring him down in Elena's estimation, but I guess I know, not. right? But hey, it's not her, so... Oh, and we get, like, a nice little line about how weak-willed Vicky is and how that's mm. why Damon is able to do this, and it's like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, where he's like, some people are just weak, and I'm like, yeah, I hated this in other books, and I hate it here. Right, right, nice to see this making a recurrence. Mm-hmm. They go back to the house, Stefan is still weak, so Elena literally begs for a fuck. <laughs> yep. Stefan valiantly battles his compulsory heterosexuality, mm-hmm. and then Elena is sad because he didn't fuck her. And then... Damon fucking shows up for dinner. He just mind controls his way into their fake Thanksgiving at Elena's house. And then Elena, like, throws cats at him and other entertaining things to try to prove that he's a vampire somehow. Later that night, Damon comes back and he tries to force Elena again. This time he does it by threatening to hurt her sister, so Elena gives herself to him. It time skips to the next morning, but it's pretty obvious that Elena has fed on Damon and they allegorically She fucked. mentions it in the court. Like, he feeds on her and then he makes a small cut on his chest and she wanted it by then, didn't she? And I'm like, bleh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. It's, she didn't resist or put up a fight because by then she wanted it. And it's like, mm. cool. Yeah, that's what fucking vampire powers do, yep. honey. Yeah, this is great. More, more of this. Yep. It's so... So we look at these stories, right? And it's like, we see where these pieces come from in later stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, of course, the people who were reading these books will grow up to write books that have these same themes and modes. Yep. So Elena realizes that she can't handle everything alone. So she goes to talk to Stefan and confess about both the diary and Damon. She gets half of that. She confesses <laughs> about the diary. <sighs> and then... The most ridiculous thing in the fucking list of ridiculous things that have happened in this series happens. Mm-hmm. Stefan proposes to mm-hmm. her with a ring, mm-hmm. with Catherine's ring. Mm-hmm. First of all, very rude. Um, <laughs> rude. He gives Elena Catherine's ring, and this is not like I'm going to turn you into a vampire and we'll be eternal immortal lovers. No, no. this no. is. We're gonna go to a judge and get married, I guess. I don't know how, Stefan. You have no. <laughs> it birth might be weird for you, but we'll find a way. Like he's basically like, "Hey, I'm I'm willing to be like mid twenties uh, until you die." <laughs> yeah, right. And Elena like talks about this earlier in the book, where she's like, "I'm gonna marry Stefan, and it's gonna turn out fine, and nobody can convince me otherwise." And it's like, Elena, did she you really forget? believes it. 
Like, you forget <laughs> that he's a vampire and he's not going to age and that you are? She does. She just totally forgets that she glosses over it. They never address Because she doesn't want to be a vampire either. She's no. not like, and then we will become vampires together. Right? Like, this is not a Bella and Edward thing where Bella's like, make me a vampire, make me a vampire, make me a vampire. And Edward's like, nope, not at all. Not till you marry me. And she's like, oh, fine, I guess, Ugh, whatever. Marry no, you. this is like, marry me, marry me. Not going to talk about the vampire thing. Marry me, marry me. And it's like, that's such like a vital component of most like mortal vampire books. It's like, oh, I'm going to get old and you're not. And oh, do I want to be a vampire? I'm going to no, leave all my friends this behind. is just like, everything is fine. It doesn't even come up. It's the wildest thing. Yep. He just proposes and he's like, she and Elena's like, oh, I'll be 18 in a year, and then they can't stop me which from getting married. Which I had forgotten she was not already 18. Yeah, which, you know, thank you for reminding us. Yeah. 17-year-old girl. Uh, So now they're engaged. <laughs> Elena now they're is engaged. to Stefan. And they're going to get married somehow. Who's going to find that some paperwork? Way. Who knows? Thank God he doesn't, uh, you know, burn up walking into a church, right? I know, right? So after that, I think they have some sweet consensual biting. Yep. They they consummate their engagement. And it's that scene in particular that makes all of the other biting scenes. Oh, yeah. This is definitely this is about sex. sex. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, so this, the other ones were also sex. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Nice. Yeah. So they make a plan to steal Caroline's diary. Surprise, it doesn't work. So they all just kind of sit back in horror and wait for Caroline to whip up this mob against Stefan. But then it turns out, oh no, somebody switched Elena's diary with Caroline's and now the only diary oh, no. that Caroline can read is her own. And oh no, hasn't her plan just been foiled? And then she just like cries at Elena and runs away. Like runs away and like tries to hit her with a book. Right. And it's like the middle of this stage in front of the whole town where they're reading. It's like, wouldn't it have been super awkward to just randomly start reading Elena's diary to begin with? Yeah, like that is, it it makes no sense. It seems more like the thing you bring to the fucking police. Yeah, exactly. Instead of just being like, I'm going to humiliate you in front of the whole town. It's like, maybe just turn over this evidence and get your boyfriend arrested. But no, it's Caroline, so it has to be petty. Yep, such, it's just high schoolers. It is, this is so high school. It is one of those things where it's like, I feel like this would make Caroline look weirder than it would make Elena, because she just ruined this, like, town event with her petty high school Making it about herself, basically. It's very weird. It's a weird plan, but it doesn't work. And Elena realizes that, oh shit, Damon did my favor anyway. Uh, so she runs up to confront him. And while she's confronting him, her aunt shows up and she's like, oh, ho, 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 you two make such a cute couple. And Elena rightfully like loses her shit because she's like, yeah. this dude is a literal murderer and <laughs> you don't like my boyfriend who's not a murderer. So first of all, how dare you? How dare Second off, fuck you with your assuming that I'm talking to a boy and he must be my boyfriend. Right, and like her aunt is obviously trying to push like Elena and Damon together, which is, uh, <laughs> he's a college boy, but okay. Oh, uh, right? She's 17. Who you just met, but yeah. I guess she's like so desperate to get away, get her away from Stefan. She'll be like, uh, yeah. uh, do you like the mailman? We can also arrange a date with him. <laughs> I heard there's a new teacher in town. <laughs> Although the girls say he's very cool. Don't you like him, Mm. Elena? (laughs) What about this one, Elena? (laughs) She's just got a line of voice. She's like, this one? Is that doing anything for you? No? All right. (laughs) Next. So uh, Elena loses her shit. She announces loudly that she's engaged to Stefan now. (laughs) 
Yeah. And her aunt's like, uh, excuse me, no, you are not, young lady. And Elena's like, yes, I am. We're going to get married and I'm going to be 18 and you can't stop me and I'm going to marry you a vampire. You're not my mom. You're not my mom. She does do that. You're not my mom. She does that. Which is terrible. She said it and I'm like, you know, I can actually give this one a pass because. Because she's being shitty. You're mad. Yeah. Yeah, you're being a, you're being a jerk, and like you shouldn't be saying that shit to this teenager. Like she's wrong, but and you can tell that this is not a daily occurrence. <laughs> the way yeah. that it was with like Jessica. Yes, 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 yes. That she's like, uh, usually just like, oh, it's my aunt, and it's fine, and things are good, and I miss my parents, and it's sad. But she's just like, you can't fucking stop me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Elena gets mad. She goes and fucking requisitions Matt's car. Yeah. Okay. So that scene right now that we're there is so different because Matt is all, like, incredulous with Stefan and being like, what? No, bro, I'm going with you. Where Elena is like, I just need your car. And I'm like, if I was Matt, I would not give my ex-girlfriend who is having emotions, right? Like, there's emotions going on. She seems Mm -hmm. a little... Like, I don't want to say the word unstable, but this is a moment that someone is unstable. Where mm-hmm. It's like, hey, I don't think you should be driving right now. Right. Your driving may be impaired because you're, like, upset and crying and whatever. This is another moment to be like, no, I'll drive you wherever you want to go. It's yeah. fine. Instead, Elena is just like, I own everything, including Matt and his car. (laughs) And he's like, yes, sorry, I forgot that you own everything, including me and my car. Here you go. You're right. Here are the keys. (laughs) How dare I assume for even a second. I know. And I just love that Matt's just kind of, after Elena drives off, I bet Matt's just standing there like, why does everybody want my car? Right? Nobody want to hang out with me. But they do. Stefan love him. (laughs) They friends. But yeah, like, that was a moment where I'm just like, this is not where I was expecting this to go. I was expecting Matt to do the same thing with Elena. And mm-hmm. it, it furthers my love of the relationship in whatever form it is for Matt and Stefan. Because, again, Stefan asks, Matt puts down compromises. Stefan says, sure, let's do that. And mm-hmm. they hang out. As opposed to Elena, who's like, give me this thing. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Where, could you imagine, how, I mean, one, how differently the rest of the next chapter or two would go Mm -hmm. but like elena actually having time to vent to someone to vent to matt to see her and matt be the friends that she said in the first book like they are like there's so many little things that it's like hey let's let's edit this a little bit and that's one of those moments i would edit because having matt be in the car when all the shit went down right Mm -hmm. matt would then see it and be like what the fuck what the fuck Mm -hmm. there's no reason for him not to see this (laughs) like this shit has been going on for too long. People gotta start. Uh, they, they're saving that for the next book, and it's just part of Matt having, like, a really bad day. So, we'll get there. <sighs> but, differently, though, if they had done it that way, where she had a chance to hang out with Matt and vent, and then all that crap happens, and then, like, whatever to get Matt out of, you know, knock him out or whatever. Yeah. So Elena, Elena takes the car. She tries to go find Stefan, but a storm happens because one of the things that vampires can do when they get super powerful is control the weather somehow. So she tries to escape it by uh, driving towards the bridge and crossing the water to keep the evil from her. And instead she goes off the bridge and she plunges into the river and surprise, Elena dies. (laughs) Yeah, like I only knew it. Because I'd seen the show. Otherwise, that'd have been like, what? <laughs> yeah, right. 
Except that they were they were definitely leading into it with like, oh, you know, Stefan's blood and all that stuff. Oh yeah, and like your death is waiting at the bridge. Like that's a prophecy yeah. that Bronnie yeah. gives her. Yeah. We were prepared. Yep. Um, so Elena dies. Bonnie's psychic powers come in handy. She psychic hound dogs her way to mm-hmm. Elena's death site. Uh, Stefan finds her. He freaks out. Meredith freaks out, which is also the only other time Meredith has had an emotion. Uh, this is our random Bonnie chapter BT tubs. Like, you get, yeah. you get one or two a book. This is this one. I was at least prepared for it. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you... So Stefan realizes that Elena's dead, deduces that she was probably killed by Damon. So he mm-hmm. sets her body under a tree. Yeah, one of the willows, not the oaks. He sends Meredith and Bonnie away because he can feel that the malevolent power is still there. And then he fucking takes off and he goes and he finds Tyler and his buddies and he fucking drains all of them. Yes, yes. Which again, going back to the uh, the metaphor, <laughs> oh, that is true. I didn't even think of that. Stefan goes mm-hmm. and does a bunch of rapes, mm-hmm. and then almost does a rape to Caroline, but she passes out, and he's like, "I'm not into that." This is Stefan being like, "Oh, Lena's dead. Nothing matters. I'm going to surrender myself to my fury." And then he gets to Caroline. He's like, oh, "I'm not that bad of a guy," and he's just like, "Not you. Boys are fun. The boys deserve it." So he drains them all, and then now Stefan is super powerful because he has all this blood. He goes into the woods, and now it's his turn to be like, Damon! Damon! And Damon shows up, and he's just like, Yes? What do you want? (laughs) What do you want, bro? What do you need from me? Why did you call me? Piss off, I'm watching this show now. I love, I love that Damon's just like, ugh, what? Why do people keep doing this? <laughs> uh, so Stefan gets mad and he is just about to do a murder on Damon. And then Elena wakes up. And then Elena wakes up. And she's all confused and she just wants to go back to sleep. And oh no, I can hear these voices fighting and I must go to him. The one with the dark eyes and the dark smile. I'm going to be very vague about which him I have to go assist. And then the book just ends. Yep. And it's the worst ending. It's not even an anti-climax. It's just a wet fart in the middle of a chapter. Right? It's just there. And, like, there's definitely a better place that it could have ended. It should have ended... Alright, so I kept reading because mine has the first, like, two chapters. And I think it should have ended at the end of one more chapter because it ends with, like... And who am I? Do you know who I am? Of course I do. You're Damon and I love you. That's where the fucking book should have ended. Absolutely. Like that reveal? Yeah. Would have been a way better ending. Imagine how fucking feral the fans would have been. Right, exactly. Because Elena's like intentionally vague. Oh, I'm going to help him. And then the book just ends. And then the next book starts. And it's like, oh, turns out the him that I was going to help was Damon. But that that whole thing with Elena helping Damon only lasts for like a couple chapters. So why not utilize that at the end of your book? Right, like there's mm, there's just editing and, and marketing shit that it's like, you're doing it wrong. So yeah, that is the plot finger quotes this is very much a middle book yeah and i know last time i was like there's no there's no real plot this one also no real plot no no really. <laughs> yeah <sighs> i hate it <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean i'm enjoying reading them because i'm enjoying talking about them with you but good lord i could not recommend these to anybody <laughs> no they're very silly they're pulpy yeah like 
there are better versions of this that you can read to kind yeah. of render Vampire Diaries unnecessary. Yeah, but so coming from the perspective of this is the progenitor of a lot of the tropey stuff, mm-hmm. you see the tropes. Yeah, for sure. You know, like the phrase that comes to mind is not true. The phrase is, it's worth preserving for that, you know, historical information of the crap that we're doing. Mm-hmm. But like, it, it's fine. I'm sure the TV show did a good job at being tropey as well. Mm-hmm. Like, ugh, the characters are just so one-dimensional. And again, like, it feels weird to talk about this book mm-hmm. where it's like, I want better for it. But do I? Do I care to have better for it? <laughs> in a lot of the past books we've read, I've wanted better for them because mm-hmm. I've been like, there's some nugget in here that's really quite good. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's not a nugget of really quite good in this. I mean, except for the the Matt Stefan thing, which needs to be completely removed from this story to even exist. Right. So I feel like there's definitely ways that you could remake Vampire Diaries and use these tropes to do more interesting, uh, like, deconstructive things. But this is very much like playing into all of these, like, the most romanticized versions of, like, these tropes. Like, it revels in it, in its yes. way. Like... Because she had to write these so fast, it's almost like she's like, well, fuck it. This happens. She's not worried about people saying, God, that seems a little problematic. On the nose, problematic, uh, tropey. No, she shouldn't fucking care. She's making that shit up as she goes. I feel like it's very much teenage id. You know, like, oh, this yeah. the most, like, sugar-high romantic stuff. Like, Bonnie's whole part where she talked about how romantic it would be to be strangled by a hot guy. Mm. It's like that, those kind of sentiments given no filter. You're definitely appealing to, like, the most guilty pleasure version yeah. of this. And I know that that part in general is just like, yeah, no, this is a thing that a teenager would say. But, yeah. like, it's still not, it's still fucking weird to come across it. To not have someone be like, that's morbid as fuck. Also, he's a killer. Could you not talk about that? Like, I'm grossed out. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, anything else we want to talk about in regards to Vampire Diaries Part 2, The Struggle? <laughs> it was. <laughs> <sighs> I'm looking forward to chatting with you about the next one. I'm going to be real mad because they're going to they're gonna do my boy dirty. Mm-hmm. Yep. So would you recommend this? Uh, no. I mean, if you're a completist, maybe. But like I said, L.J. Smith has done this thing a lot better several times and less problematically. So I would say go read literally any of her other books. All right. So next episode, we get to talk about uh, Vampire Diaries book three. Its superfluous title is uh, The Fury. (laughs) So that'll be uh, interesting. We know Elena's going to be dealing with... uh, not being Elena, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening to us. And you can find us at Backlist and Chill on the Twitters. I am there, Olivia Hennis, H-E-N-N-I-S. Or the podcast is Backlist Podcast. How about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Endless underscore Run. And you can also find us, the podcast, on Patreon at patreon.com slash backlist and chill, where you can get the episodes way, 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 way early. So if you don't yeah. want to wait, that would be the place to go. You can pay us $2. Yep, $2. That's it. That's all you have to pay. And you get, like, literally weeks in advance. So. Yep. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.